When people are really urgent to get out of a bad situation or they really need a job, they'll just take the first thing and then they can end up unhappy. Goes back to my comment about making a plan. So thinking about where do I want to get to? What is that end goal that I have? A career change can be rewarding and fulfilling. But we also know that taking that leap, no matter if it's an incremental change or massive industry pivot, is incredibly daunting too. Which is why we have career transition consultant and coach Renee Conklin to share with us today on how you can maximize your chances of making a successful career transition. Renee has had 15 years of HR and recruiting experience in the US and Asia Pacific. She is currently the founder of RCHR Consulting, an independent HR consultancy working with Hong Kong companies to help position their business for the future of work through training, coaching and project management. She was the head of HR for a Hong Kong fintech, a vice president at Barclays and an associate director at UBS. Enjoy! Hi, this is Janice. And I'm Sarah N. And we're your hosts for Explore This, a podcast for the modern-day working professional. Each week, we explore actionable insights on how you can thrive personally and professionally. Hi, Renee. We're so happy to have you on the podcast today. Hi, Janice. Hi, Sarah Ann. Happy to be here. So before we jump into talking about how to make a successful career transition, we would like to have our listeners get to know you a little bit more. Having worked in financial institutions such as Barclays and UBS and even a fintech company, what inspired you to make the transition to start your own HR consultancy firm? Yes, that's right. You've summarized my background quite well. So I've spent most of my career working in recruitment and human resources at UBS and Barclays and also uh, fintech here in Hong Kong. And I'd always had a dream of working for myself, of setting up my own business. And so after I left my last corporate role, I decided this was the time to take that opportunity, take the leap. So I set up RCHR Consulting in mid-2018 to help small and medium-sized businesses in Hong Kong with their HR strategy and also coach individuals to career success. So I'm also a performance and career coach. And so I've been running the business for almost three years now. I think our three-year anniversary is in a couple of weeks, which is exciting. And yes, as I said, it originally came from just my own dream of working for myself, but also the experience of working in both large and small companies as an HR professional and seeing that there was a need, a demand for more strategic commercial HR advice, and also from individuals, just this lack of knowledge and understanding around how they can develop and progress their careers and really just a a need for that kind of support. So that's where the motivation came from. And that's how I I made that transition in mid-2018. Wonderful. And how has it been like working for yourself right now? It's exciting and challenging all at the same time. So uh, like both of you, I also uh, did my MBA. So alongside starting my business, I was also enrolling in my MBA at the same time at HKUST here in Hong Kong. Many people would say, a lot of people use the word brave to describe what I was doing at the time, sort of starting my own business and doing the MBA. I said, yes, either brave or maybe crazy. <laughs> so with the MBA, I wanted to do that as a way to kind of build out my skill set, right? So my background was all in working in HR. So I hadn't had exposure to things like, you know, operations, marketing, finance, accounting. And I thought, you know, these would be things that 
one I will I'll need right in my future career, but also to help me to to set up the business. So alongside setting up the business, I was also doing the MBA and gaining all of that classroom knowledge and going through that experience with you know case studies and meeting different classmates from different backgrounds and all of that helped to further my experience with setting up the business. So challenging and exciting because a lot of new experiences. Like I think as entrepreneur, that first thing is you know getting your first client. That's like how you know always that hurt of like oh how do I get my first client and then once you've got that first client you've got that experience and you can be like oh I'm, I'm working with this person and then you just build and build and build off of that so that was one big hurdle that I went through and then I think the second is most people would tell me that it takes really two to three years for things to really start rolling and things to start working and I started to see that at at the end of last year when I started to just get so many referrals I mean most of my work is referral based anyway. But I started to get people saying, not just, not just, you know, oh, I heard of you from, you know, Molly, and Molly's one of my friends, right? But oh, I heard of you from so and so and so and so, two, three, four degrees separated. Or I heard your name mentioned several times, or I attended one of your events or things like that. And that started to come. So that was sort of that snowball effect that a lot of people spoke about. And I think there was also, you know, much more challenge during the pandemic. We can only imagine, Renee, running a business in and of itself is already challenging. What more during this time of COVID? So Renee, we would love to dive into this whole idea of career transition. And as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, it's a topic that's very close to Janice and my heart just because we've personally been through it and experienced it, the downs, the highs, as well as the lows. Mm. So we want to talk to you about the pre-career transition. And when it comes to making this career transition, there are certain steps that needs to be taken before even reaching this position, right? And making one without proper consideration can lead you in the wrong direction. So can you talk to us about what are some key factors or considerations that people should take time to carefully consider before deciding whether or not they should make a career transition? Yeah, it's such a good question, Sarah. And so part of the work that I do, I do some outplacement support. So individuals who have you know lost their jobs unexpectedly because of a restructuring or redundancy. And also I work with individuals who you know are currently working, but they want to do something else and they want to make that pivot. And so the mistake I see a lot of people make is they will just grasp at the first thing that comes. So maybe they're in a job that they're really unhappy in, or they're in a toxic environment and they just want to get out. And that can actually lead to you being in a worse situation because you've not necessarily done the groundwork that it takes to think about what is the right next best step for me. And so the first thing is time, right? Career transitions take time and you want to think about where am I now? Where do I want to get to in whatever time frame is reasonable for you? So whether that's 12 months down the line, whether it's three years down the line, it's all going to depend on your personal situation. If someone is out of a job, that timeline might be a lot shorter or they're in a toxic environment, that timeline might be a lot shorter, but the fundamentals are still the same. What's your timeline? And creating sort of a project plan, your own personal project management plan to get to that end goal. So that's one is thinking about what's my timeline and how am I going to put together a project plan around that? I think in terms of some of the pre-planning steps that you can take that I recommend to my clients, one is to think about what am I really good at? What are the things that I'm really strong in? What do I excel at doing? 
So some of the ways you can do that is you can do an assessment, right? There's a lot of different you know, kind of free assessments online, usually a strengths assessment is what I recommend. There's be a strengths finder, there's numerous others. Doing these types of assessments can help you really drill down into understanding what are some of the things that you're fundamentally good at that you might not recognize or that other people maybe not flagging or seeing in you. So the assessment is one. I also recommend trying to maybe do a little bit of 360 feedback if you're currently in a job from your peer group, from your boss, depending on how transparent that relationship is about what you want to be doing and just do it on your own. Have a couple of questions that you ask, sort of the same set of questions of everyone's like, what are the things that you guys think I'm good at? Where do you see me as a subject matter expert? What do you always come to me for? And conversely, you could also ask the opposite. Where do you think I need to improve my skill set? You're just trying to get information because oftentimes we have just one way of seeing ourselves and we can't also see how other people see us. So that assessment tool and getting that 360 feedback is a good foundational step to think about what are the things I am actually good at? And then also what are the things I enjoy? So if you do have a couple of years of work experience behind you, you can go back and think about when was I happiest at work? What was happening at that time? What was happening around me? What type of project was I working on? Who was around me? Was I given a lot of autonomy or was I working really closely in partnership with someone else? Trying to pull out those themes and seeing what resonates over time is also really helpful. Because there's going to be highs and lows in any career, but you want to pull out and think about what are the things that worked for me at that time so that I can try to replicate them again in the future. So all of those are things that I would recommend doing. So that assessment, that informal 360 feedback of your peer group, and then that kind of career audit of when was I happiest and what was happening for me at that time. I love those tips, Renee. I think those are really actionable tips. And a lot of your tips actually involve a lot of introspection and self-reflection mm. as well. But I also actually have a question on that note. Would your advice differ if it was someone who, let's say, has only had like one or two years of experience? So kind of very early on in their career, thinking about wanting to make a career transition or pivot versus someone who, let's say, has already have uh, 10 years of work experience before deciding that they want to make a pivot. How would your advice differ? for in terms of what they need to consider for someone who's very fresh versus someone who's already like a very senior, maybe like senior manager level? Mm. It's a good question. I think, you know, most of the clients I work with, they are more experienced in their career. So they're, you know, minimum kind of 15 years of experience and up. So that's probably where that advice is coming from and that they've got this long track record to think about. If you're a little bit more junior in your career, I think there is this period of time where it's okay to explore, right? So you've graduated from college or you've done you know, something else and you're in the workforce. Those first couple of, of years, there's an opportunity for you to do a lot of different things and find out what you like to do. Even myself, I had a couple of different roles. I started off working in book publishing, which a lot of people don't know about me, <laughs> but that was my first job when I graduated from school. And I thought that's what I wanted to do. And then I worked at a PR agency, Again, didn't neither of those things stuck. And then I got a job in HR, right? And kind of that sort of led me on this path. So I do think there's that period of time when you're in your 20s, when you can just explore and try different things. But some of the fundamentals are the same, Janice, right? Of reflecting back, you still have your experiences in college, the extracurricular activities you like to do that you enjoyed, the projects you did well in your coursework. So I think there's still some fundamentals that are the same, even if you're younger in your career. 
Renee, many people, although they feel stuck and maybe even unfulfilled in their roles, right? They have this fear that pivoting their careers would mean that they have wasted time, resources, and after X number of years in a specific industry or even X amount of money that have been spent in their studies, and then shifting and transitioning and pivoting into a new field means they start from scratch. So can you mm. share with us if this is a valid concern? So the story that comes to mind is I was meeting with a new potential coaching client, and this is someone I sort of you know knew from other things, and, and he asked me for a meeting. And so I was talking about what was happening in his job. And he worked in the real estate industry and he was very deeply, deeply unhappy for a variety of reasons. And one of the things he said to me was, oh, but you know, I can't change now. I'm already 30. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, you know, you're already 30. That means you've got a good you know, 20 to 30 years more of work coming right before you can retire. And so imagine what your life will be like if you stay in this industry where you're already really unhappy for the next 20 to 30 years, right? So that I think is just an example of this is just a lot of times when you're unhappy in a role, this is just one moment in time in a very long career. And you're, you said, oh, some people feel like they're starting from scratch. And one of the the quotes that I heard from one of the events I did earlier this year with the Women's Foundation was, you're not starting from scratch, you're starting from experience. Mm. And that's not me saying that I got that from someone else. I just want to attribute that to that other person. But that really resonated with me because we're not starting from zero. So if we're thinking about it on a scale of one to 10, we're not starting from zero. We're bringing all these other skills from whatever it is we used to do. And we're coming in at probably a six or a seven with all those other skills, right? Are we going to be at a 10? No, of course not, because there's still things that we need to learn, but we're not starting from scratch. And I think that's the biggest misconception that people have when they want to make a, a pivot is that, oh, I don't have anything to offer. And if that's the mindset that you're in, if that's the framework that you start with, then you're going to struggle. So how would you advise reframing that in a tangible way? Because I have to confess, I did have those thoughts in the first year of Mm. my career pivot, where I felt that, you know, I'm now transitioning from law. Although there are a lot of transferable skills when it comes to HR and law, right? But Mm -hmm. I still felt like, oh my goodness, do I have something that I can offer to this role? So there Mm -hmm. there were a lot of fears, all these like negative and self-limiting thoughts that I had. But it does require a certain level of reframing internally. So yeah, we'd just like to get your advice on what would you say to someone who is experiencing that fear right now in order for them to get out of that state? So another quote that I really like is, if you don't know where you're going, you're going to end up somewhere else. When people are really urgent to get out of a bad situation or they really need a job, they'll just take the first thing and then they can end up unhappy goes back to my comment about making a plan. Mm. So thinking about where do I want to get to? What is that end goal that I have? And maybe when you start, you don't know, right? So Janice, when you were thinking about transitioning out of legal, maybe HR wasn't the first thing that you thought of. So how do you get there? And so the first thing that I recommend is starting to have some conversations with people, letting people know first, starting with your own kind of inner circle of friends and family. Hey, look, I'm looking to make a transition and I'm not really sure what I want to do next, but here's the things I'm good at. And that's where you then pull in that 
content that you got from, you know, the strengths assessment you did from the 360 feedback that you got. Here's the things I'm good at. And here's the things I enjoy doing. What do you think? Especially if you spent your whole career doing one thing, you often just don't even know what else is out there because you've not had exposure necessarily. So I've got another client now who spent his whole career in education, teaching, been a principal, very distinguished career, now wants to transition into working in kind of an operational efficiency, project management type role. And so he's got the skills, but he doesn't really know what is out there. What are the opportunities? I've got him now, you know, you got to be doing at least a couple, at least two networking meetings a week with people in different industries and talking to them about what they do and just find out what's out there and get advice from them on how your profile might fit, where there might be some gaps, things that you could consider focusing on. So that's the first thing is to start to have these conversations. And then as you're having conversations, try to find a way to make that into something actionable for yourself. So I recommend keeping track, writing down some of the feedback that you get from those discussions, some action items, and seeing where some themes develop and where things start to make sense for you. And that again, helps you to then move forward in your plan. What are some common blind spots or pitfalls, maybe that's a more accurate word, that you have personally observed in this whole pre-career transition stage? I think the most common one is time, that people think that a career transition is just going to be instantaneous, that, oh, because I want to do this thing, everyone will recognize my transferable skills and I'll be able to find a job really easily. So I think that's the main thing that people underestimate is how much time a career transition can take. So at best, I, I, I say to people three to six months, but actually depending on where you are in your career and how big the transition is and maybe what else you need to do to support that transition, maybe doing an MBA, it can be much longer. But the thing is, is that if you don't start, then in two years time, you're going to be in the same place. What's the cost of delaying? That's a question that I ask often. Another thing that I find that candidates often do, they'll often come to me after they've spent months just applying for jobs online, just sending their resume. Again, my old client, teacher, principal, wanting to move into this other role. And they've just been applying to these kind of operational efficiency pro- project management roles and not getting any bites. And of course, it's not very effective, right? I mean, applying for jobs online is not very effective anyway, but when you're a career switcher, it's even less effective. So any of my clients that I work with who are trying to pivot and make a transition, I just say, just really don't even bother applying for roles online because people, recruiters, most of them are not trained to look for transferable skills Mm. when they're looking for a candidate. They're looking for someone who's going to check all of the boxes because oftentimes for them, transferable skills, it's just more work, right? That's the way they think about it. So that's why, you know, making connections, networking, working on yourself first, and, you know, really identifying what you're good at and taking those steps to get there is a much better ROI, like a much better return on investment of your time than sitting there and just applying for roles on job boards. So I think those are probably two common pitfalls is how much time it takes. And then also, just applying for roles and hoping someone just recognizes your transferable skills. I think it's evident that there are so many foundational building blocks that any candidate that is trying to do that career transition need to prepare themselves for, right? And they shouldn't just underestimate the the amount of time and effort, I add, uh, that goes into this whole process. And one of the other things that we realized is that, and 
personally, I think Janice and I have been through this, right? Where there's this concern that if you're trying to get into a totally different industry as well as job function, it's a chicken and egg situation. And I can personally attest to that. I remember having to always justify why it's worth someone taking that bet on me because it might seem that with not having prior experience in the industry that I'm trying to get into, it seems like I'm coming in as a blank sheet of paper and as if I have no industry experience at all. So can you share with us how can candidates that are going through this help their prospective employers to see the value that their previous experience can bring to the team Mm -hmm. and to the table? Yeah, so... What you've just asked reminds me of one of the other common pitfalls, which is that candidates feel like they have to have 100% of the qualifications or have to meet 100% of the job description before they feel like they can apply. And, you know, women obviously are are very guilty of this. Mm -hmm. And so that is not true. Firstly, a job description is essentially often just a wish list from the hiring manager of what they just desire the candidates to have. But generally speaking, if you've got 60 to 70%, you should just go for it. With someone who's a career switcher, it it goes back to what I just said around those transferable skills, right? So spending that time identifying what they are and not just what they are, but how you talk about them, how you talk about them to make them applicable to your new industry, your new function. So there's a whole structure around kind of how you do that, which I won't go into, but that's an important piece. And so one part of that is also around your personal branding, which is about you know your resume. It is about how your LinkedIn and how your profile looks like and what you're using LinkedIn for, but also what you're you know saying to people when you're out having these networking conversations and how you're communicating about your past and what you want to do. So one other thing you said that which I want to highlight is you talked about you know people wanting to change function and industry, which both of you did, right? But both of you also did your MBAs, and so an MBA is not within reach for everyone financially, time-wise. And so there's there's smaller things that you can do. There's tons of certification programs online. There's LinkedIn learning. There's You can do some job shadowing. You can volunteer. There's like tons of other things you can do to build up those skill sets if you don't have them. But one other thing to think about is that the career transition isn't always, you know, now I'm at Y and I want to get to X. Sometimes there's a Z in between role, and that's a bridging role where maybe you make one switch, maybe you pivot kind of 90 degrees, but it's not quite the full 180 that you want to do. So that's called a bridging job. Maybe you manage to change function, but you don't manage to change industry, but maybe your next step is that you get into that industry. So again, my comment about time, sometimes a transition takes longer than you think it will, but just think, is this job, this role getting me closer to where I want to be, getting me closer to that end goal. So it might not be the end goal, but if by doing this, am I going to develop some of the skills or some of the relationships or some of the clients that I need to get me to that end goal? So that's another thing to to think about is it's not always a, a smooth line. I think you brought up such a good point. With social media, sometimes it seems that many people land their dream career pivot roles almost immediately. But the Mm. truth is that it sometimes take a few Zs, right? A few midpoints, a few bridging roles before ending that ultimate dream transition role. But we also want to speak to you segueing into the post-career transition part where the candidate gets the role and they successfully landed the job after the interview. So 
we want to talk about career capital in this part, right? In the podcast we've mentioned before, where we talk about career capital being the skills that you have that are both rare and valuable and can be used as leverage in defining your career. Once somebody, let's say they made their switch to the new role successfully, how would you advise them to leverage on career capital that they have built in their previous career to thrive in this new role? Yeah, I like that question. I haven't thought a lot about career capital, to be honest, but I'm just reflecting back. You know, one of my my first roles was doing MBA recruiting in the US. So I used to go to Cornell and HBS and NYU and recruit these MBA students who they were all switching from a different career. They all wanted to go into investment banking. And so we would hire them at UBS and give them these, you know, training programs and so on to make sure that they were successful. And the ones who were really successful in making that transition, I think they recognize that you don't know what you don't know when you're in a new role. So having that openness, vulnerability, asking questions, don't come in and just pretend like you know everything because you previously had this other career and you think, oh, well, I've already done this. I've already managed senior stakeholders. I've already led big budgets or I've already managed teams. Of course, that's all great experience, but you're now in a new environment and you're now the little fish in the big pond. So coming in with that, the growth mindset, asking questions, being vulnerable, admitting you don't know what you don't know is the first step, I would say, to establishing yourself in that role. You've gone through all that work to get there. You've done a lot, but you're now surrounded by a team of experts, individuals who have been in the field for a long time, and it's your chance to absorb and learn from them. So I think that's step one is demonstrating that you've got that self-awareness to know that piece. And then the next step is once you've kind of, you've done that for a while, you've absorbed, you've learned, you kind of know your role. So then start to pull in some of the stuff you've done before. There's of course going to be these transferable skills that you've brought with you. Then start to think about my old role. We managed the CRM process like this, or we did our client onboarding and engagement process like this, it might be applicable here. So start to bring in some of those ideas. But I think the worst thing that a career switcher can do is just immediately jump in and start trying to change everything to make it the way it used to be because no one no one likes that. <laughs> so Also not a great way to make friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Renee, you spoke a little bit earlier as well on personal branding. And we wanted to just pick your mind a little bit on that. I think we are living in a time where we are fortunate enough to have LinkedIn as our social mm. networking. And you think about people who have successfully done career transitions pre-LinkedIn, right? I wonder what that life was like. It's not really something that we could personally speak about because I think we all leverage LinkedIn to, to its fullest capacity. So could you share with us a success story or maybe even an example of how any one of your clients have successfully rebranded or redefined themselves in a new role? What was that personal branding journey like for them? I think back to the sort of MBA graduates at UBS who are all transitioning into investment banking. I think there's resources that you can leverage within your new company. So especially if you're at a larger organization, typically there'll be some kind of mentor type relationship that you can utilize, whether that's a formal program or if it isn't, look for a mentor within the organization, within your new field, because there will be that gap. There will be 
maybe a soft skills aspect, things that you just haven't done before, or maybe the way the organization runs, the politics of the organization, or just wanting to know kind of more thematically, what are some of the trends? A mentor can be really helpful. So identifying a mentor to support you with that transition and who can give you advice about your personal brand also is one that I would recommend. Also getting involved in the organization, joining different employee networks or doing things outside of your role so that you can understand how the organization works, I think can add a lot of value too. So you can see how your new team fits into the bigger picture and continuous learning. It doesn't stop just because you've gotten the role and you've made the transition doesn't mean that you know everything. So continuing to just make sure you keep up to date with your skill set, maybe join the professional organization that's aligned to your new function or industry, like for HR, right? In Hong Kong, it's HKIHRM or any of the HR networking groups that Janice and I are part of or coaching for myself as well. That continuous learning keeps you up to date and helps you to make sure that you're continuously on the cutting edge and learning. So I think those are three things I would recommend and that I've recommended to clients in the past. So for yourself as well, you've obviously worked with so many clients from a range of industry as well as years of experience and have successfully helped them in their career transitions and pivots. At the same time, what are some pitfalls and again, blind spots that you have observed after someone like them have made a career transition? The thing that immediately comes to mind is a lot of candidates get very hung up on title and compensation, especially with that first transition. So there's a a preconception that, oh, if I make a transition, I'm going to have to take this huge salary cut or I'm going to have to take this huge, you know, it's a big change in title. goes back to the fundamental questions of what's important to you. What do you value? What do you really want out of your career and your life? Are you happy to kind of stay in this? Again, back to the real estate client example, you happy to stay in this industry where you're miserable for the next 30 years? Or now at this point, are you going to say, yes, I'm going to make a change and Yes, maybe I will have to accept a lower salary for a couple of years, but then I'll get back to where I want to be and it won't matter because I'm happy or I have a better lifestyle or I can work remotely or whatever that thing is that's important to you. And same with title. Again, in Hong Kong, people are very focused on titles. Titles, they don't really mean a lot. At the end of the day, people get really hung up on on salary and, and title. And it's really asking yourself these fundamental questions of what's actually important to me and knowing how you're going to manage that when that comes up and just getting that information. Knowledge is power. The more information you have about the industry you want to go into, what is the actual salary at this role? What are the titles? You know, How long will it take for me to kind of get to the point where I want to be? That all can help. And if you know it, then you can just work toward that timeline and you feel a lot more comfortable. What you mentioned is so real, right? Salary and title. And these are things that, quite frankly, a lot of MBAs get very hung up upon. So I think it's good, you know, in the sense that reminder to be far-sighted rather than to be so nearsighted and fixated on on these aspects. So as we're coming up towards, you know, the wrap-up of our conversation, we'd like to ask you, what is one actionable tip that you have for maybe someone who is feeling currently very stuck in their role? And they're ready for a career change, but have no idea what they could do or where they could start. What is one baby step that you could offer to them? Just start, even if you're not ready. So a lot of us just feel like, oh, you know, I'll do it next year after I get my next bonus and I feel more comfortable with where I am financially, or I'll do it next year after my daughter turns five, or I'll do it after I finish this certificate course. Start now. Again, that question of 
if you don't do anything and nothing changes, where do you want your life to be in two years time, three years time, five years time? So just start. So even if you might be incredibly busy, if you've only got 15 minutes, you know, between meetings, just doing something like a little bit of desktop research on the industry that you want to be in, or doing a couple of updates to your LinkedIn profile or downloading a few articles for you to read later, just using that time. And then if you think if I use 15 minutes each day by the end of the week, then I'll have accomplished all of these things. Whereas if I hadn't, I would be in the same place. So starting, starting small, just starting is important. So listeners out there, if you're looking for a sign, this is your sign. Renee Kong can tell you <laughs> start today. <laughs> Wonderful nuggets of advice that you've been dropping, Renee. And I think another thing you briefly mentioned about is also the, the whole idea of fear, right? So I've always been reminded, you know, I think it's important that our decisions reflect our hopes instead of what we're afraid of. So mm. I think that that couldn't be more true in the situation of a career pivot because sometimes it's that mindset that holds us back. Yeah, exactly. And I think to help with that, another thing I recommend is developing a support team around you. So you guys, you know, you did your MBA, so you've got all your MBA classmates are going through a similar experience. Same with me when I did my MBA, a lot of my classmates were trying to pivot. You've got to have your support team. Surround yourself with positive people who are going to help you and help to hold you accountable to getting to that end goal. Let them know they're part of your support team. Let them know this is the thing I'm doing. You're a member of my support team. I want to have a call with you once every two weeks and just five minutes. And I'm going to tell you what I've been doing. And you can just maybe give me some advice or just help to hold me accountable. This can be a lonely journey. It can feel very isolating for people. It can really knock back your confidence. So having that group, what's a mentor, an ex-boss, an ex-colleague, classmates can make all the difference. Excellent. So Renee, even as we are wrapping up and you know closing up this episode, there is one question that we'd love to ask all our guests at the end. And that is, what's the one thing you have recently explored that surprised you? So as you guys know, I'm currently in the US and normally I'm based in Hong Kong, but I'm currently in the US visiting family. And the other day I got to drive a tractor for the first time around my stepfather's property while I was mowing the lawn and driving this huge kind of John Deere tractor. So that was quite fun actually. And something I, I wouldn't get to experience in Hong Kong is sort of all farmland and cornrows and stuff out here. So that was pretty cool and something different and exciting to do. I think that is actually another point, which is when you're going through this transition, try other things that you haven't done before, because that helps to get you into that growth mindset. So if you've always wanted to go skydiving or you've always wanted to learn how to salsa dance, that can help to open yourself up. You might meet new people doing that who you wouldn't have otherwise met, but it just helps to kind of get the brain into that arena of like, I'm going to do new things and I'm going to try new things and I'm going to learn new things. So that's a, another piece of advice and maybe we can close on there. I love it. If you're listening out there, go drive a tractor, go jump off a plane, <laughs> do something new. So there you have it. Thank you so much, Renee, for these great tips on how we can make a successful career transition. We thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Janice. Thanks, Sarah. Really enjoyed it. If you've stuck around to the end of this episode, we want to say thank you for exploring with us. 
And if you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and most importantly, share this episode with your friends. We'd love to hear from you. So you can also connect with us on Instagram using the Instagram handle Explore This Podcast. A-C-T-S-P-L-O-R-E This Podcast. New episodes for Explore This drops every Monday at 8pm. See you then!